It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Eric, Steve, Sean, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 1988 film, The Blob. Halloween kind of festivities, we arrive at this film, in 1988's The Blob. And this is kind of a ragtag group. This isn't our usual kind of horror team with, with Eric over there, especially. Not being <laughs> much of a horror guy. Uh, had you seen this one previously, Eric? Uh, no. No, I remember the ads on TV and being intrigued by it and kind of wanted to see it at the time, being a kid. But no, I never got to see it in full. Well, how about you, Steve? I, I guess I don't really know about your I know at least in the early days of shit we watched, you were kind of like, like, oh, I'm nominally interested in horror, but I'm not a huge horror fan. Is this, has this never been on your radar? Right. No, I mean, I was, like, Eric, I was aware of it. I don't remember the trailers, though. Um, I just knew it existed. I guess I was more familiar with uh, the original 1958 one. Not that I've seen it, but I was aware of that version. Kind of like old classic sci-fi horrors like The Day the Earth Stood Still or... I don't know, I can't think of anything else, but films like that, like the Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, you know, things like that, it just was in that, that genre. I, but outside of that, no, I have never never watched this version or the, the classic. Oh, okay. Well, Sean, uh, I'm assuming you've probably seen this or at least caught some of it on TV or... Believe it or not, no. Oh, interesting. I have never seen this movie before today. Um... I saw the I, I I read the reviews when it came out, and I was literally 13 years old, and I remember the reviews being good, and I remember them saying that they pull no punches, even a kid dies in it, and I I just never got around to watching it. Um, I have seen the and I'm so and I'm so glad that kid died too. He was a little shit. <laughs> Oh. Eddie, oh, so glad he died. And, and and I saw the original, and I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, I like old movies and all that, but the original, The Blob with Steve McQueen, he's like 35 playing 17. <laughs> um, it, it's boring. It's a tear. It's not good. It's like you see The Blob, and you can tell that it's just like strawberry jam or something. Uh, yeah. on little miniature sets and it's like well that looks delicious that doesn't look dangerous at all <laughs> um but the idea of the blob is pretty horrific like this thing that just or as they would 
like in Dungeons and Dragons, when you play that, there's a gelatinous cube is an actual mo- monster, and it's exactly what you think it looks. It's, it looks like exactly what you think. It's a gelatinous cube that just goes along dungeon corridors and just sucks up armor and shit from the floor. And that's what this was more like. So wait, wait, quick question. Sorry to kind of steer away from this, but you said Strawberry Jam. Was that an actual movie fact, or did you just make that up? I don't know what in the original that they made the blob out of, but it really did look like Strawberry Jam. And I think they re- there, there's a re- yes. yeah, there's a reference in this the the '88 version about that. yes. So, oh yeah. Hmm. So I was curious if that was an inside joke that I wasn't aware of until now. I think it was an inside joke. Um, I don't think it was Strawberry Jam. I'm I'm because that's just too messy. But it looked like it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It was colored silicone gel. Oh, oh, another country curd from. Okay, colored silicone gel. So it's like what the ladies put in their breasts. <laughs> oh, what? Oh. All right, Caleb, you just lost all your female <laughs> listeners. What? <laughs> Well, not all the ladies, but the lady with the big breasts. They put the silicone. I don't know. So, te- so technical. Wow. So I, I'm curious, Caleb. Why did you choose this movie? Because we're, you know, inside baseball. We're supposed to be talk. We were supposed to be talking about uh, the fuck e- episode three, Revenge of the Hoot Nanny. Blah blah blah. We were supposed <laughs> to watch a porn. And I was a little. <laughs> and I have to admit, who stars in I that? Was, was Steve McQueen in that too? <laughs> Steve, please, please. <laughs> I was a little really re- re- relieved mm. that I would have to watch this instead of that. <laughs> me too, me too. You got a reprieve. <laughs> yeah. The only downside is that we didn't get it out of the way because, yeah, not looking forward to that bump eventually. Well, manana or whatever. So, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to listen to the Revenge of the Sith episode because Sean has already told us what he feels. Well, I I haven't seen it since it first came out. I've got it on Blu-ray. It's sitting here. I'm like, after those last two, it's like, I don't really, I really don't care. I know what happens. I don't need to. So on on the cover of your Blu-ray, it says, you scribbled on the front with crayon, the fuck. I can see it now. (laughs) You know, I feel bad. I also have the Alien movies on Blu-ray. I've never even opened it up. I got to do that. (laughs) Um, but, but but Caleb, why did you choose this this movie? Uh, why did I choose this? I, I'm not sure why I chose this. Actually, I think uh, um, I think I was just looking for something that was relatively light in terms of horror and would be um, kind of a guaranteed winner to some degree. Like this may not be a classic, but I, I think in general it's a, a crowd pleaser. Maybe just in terms of how great the effects are, that'll impress someone. So I was like, if I was going to pick one that wasn't a straight-out horror comedy, this seemed like a good alternative. What kind of reviews did this get back in the day? What, what did Siskel and Ebert give it? Did they give it thumbs up, thumbs down? Um, I... Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, I guess I'll say for, for me in this movie. Um, I used to catch this, because they would play it every Halloween on uh, this local channel in Canada here called Space. They'd mm-hmm. always pick horror movies to play, and for whatever reason... I guess because it's sci-fi. Uh, this one would be in the regular rotation. But as a kid, for whatever reason, it never really hooked me. Like, I would watch it up until the military guys would show up, and then I would just change the channel. And so for years, I never knew how it ended, because I would just get bored at a certain point. And it wasn't until maybe... Maybe like six years ago, I actually did a little mini blob. 
a kind of marathon. I watched the 50s one, the 70s one, and then this one. And I was like, holy crap, seeing it all the way through, this movie is actually much, much better than I thought it was when I was a kid. I didn't know there was a 70s version. <laughs> yeah, beware the blob. Oh my god. I kind of wish we were doing that one now. It, it's... it's a horror comedy. It's not worth seeing. <laughs> it's basically like the blob just goes from like comedy skit to comedy skit. Yeah. And it's just... It's directed by Larry Hagman, I think. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow, that's funny. Yes. We were just talking about him the other day, I think. Good old Larry Hagman. The guy goes through livers like someone goes through a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and it starts off with just... It, 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 the opening credits are a cat, like, just, like, walking through the brush. And it turns out that the cat is the blob's first victim. I'm not saying that for like a PETA thing or anything like that, but I'm like, it, it just, it's stupid. And there's this couple and I, I couldn't. No, it's terrible. 10 minutes. That was it. That was it. Is it a sequel or is it, is it a, a remake or reboot? Uh, I think it's like a sequel because, because I was just watching the beginning of it earlier and because um, they found it like in, in the permafrost, so it must have been left over um, from some previous events. Like, because you know, in the original, oh. they dump it in the Arctic. Um, so, oh really? So presumably, I guess it's a it's a sequel in spirit. Oh, but that is funny. Larry Hagman came up again because yeah, that was what me and me and Eric were recording a movie from 1964 uh, on on Thursday that starred Larry Hagman. So it's just funny that he came up again. Yes, I, yes, I was thinking the same thing. He's an interesting guy. <laughs> oh, but um, for you, Steve, uh, so what, what were your initial impressions of this one coming to it for a first time as not a huge horror fan? You know, uh, it, it, it had a bit of humor, I think you kind of alluded to earlier, and I, and I like that. I, you know, I kind of like a, a little fun in my horror. Uh, I, th- I thought it was kind of funny with the, the scene where I mean, if one starts talking about scenes, but the scene where uh, Paul and Scott go to the pharmacist to pick up some condoms. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, that was great. It was hilarious. And, and I knew that this was going to go somewhere. <laughs> so when the, when the, turned out that uh, Meg's father was the pharmacist, oh, it was, it was, that was, I mean, I saw it coming a mile away, but <laughs> I really liked that kind of humor in my horror. Um, for example, I really like um, the Evil Dead series, but my favorite in the series is the third film, um, mm. uh, Army of Darkness. I, I, I know I, I know Sean hates it because it's got that humor, but Eric, I think you like it, don't you? Isn't that one of your favorites? I, well, oof, I haven't seen it since the 90s. I mean, I was into that stuff at the time, but I um, have not revisited any of that stuff in the last 20 years. But I love that kind of that humor where it just doesn't take itself too seriously um i mean i guess some films are good that are very serious like the uh the terrifiers but um no no i really i really liked the, the how this one was presented right off the bat sorry i kind of went off about three bunny bunny trails on that but hey it's all good <laughs> how about you eric um well you know i haven't seen any of the blobs prior to this and because it was just sitting there, I decided to watch the original first. And mm. I was actually surprised how much I liked it, the original. Uh, it's not perfect or anything, but, you know, it's on the Criterion. It's in the Criterion collection. It looks like it's brand spanking new. 
uh, for whatever reason. It, it's cra- it's a crazy Technicolor movie, um, and so I watched that, and 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 then went right into this one, and I wasn't expecting the uh, the R factor. I wasn't expecting like the gruesomeness that like caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> God, I really want. Are you talking about the eighty the eighty eight uh, version? The eighty eight version, yeah. yes, the eighty eight version. <laughs> I was I did not see that coming. I I thought it was going to be more lighthearted, um, almost oh. almost like a family movie. Almost like was what Jesus. I was expecting. Mm. <laughs> I could get that from seeing the fifties one. Yeah, and I'm not saying it was a turnoff or anything. It just really took me by surprise. I, I felt like an old conservative parent in 1988, <laughs> going like, "All right, let's go see the Blob. That's a wholesome movie," and then being, and being like mortified in the theater in 1988. Are you talking about the old the old bum who gets it? Or are you talking about when uh, Paul? Oh, almost like right from the like because I mean, not that I was. Not that I have my analytical brain fully checked in, but I was kind of thinking the the um, the uh, the straight laced boy, you know, I I I didn't know I didn't know if he was going to be the hero, but I thought he would be in the duration of the film or a fair amount. Yes, uh huh. And I love that. I love that that he was presented as the lead. Yeah. <laughs> and he was. Yeah, because he is like the Steve McQueen type. Um, uh, yeah. Little psycho moment, and and so that was the beginning of subverting my expectations, and I went, "Oh shit, what?" And so I was just constantly, just like, "Oh man, like they're not pulling any punches at all in this movie." And that made it kind of fun, because it, it maybe is. I'm no expert on you know the horror genre or anything, but it was making me think of like the thing, which I've only seen once a long time ago. Amazing, amazing film! Wow. It was kind of hitting me like the way that hit me when I saw it for the first time five years ago or so. Oh, where I was just like, "Holy shit, this movie is like over the top." That's that's a great film. Yeah, yeah, I always thought of these as a good double bill. Yeah, yeah, you could. I could see as a double feature. Well, no, I was going to kind of just mention what Eric was saying about how Paul dies within I don't know how many at the beginning, the, the the first quarter, maybe not, maybe before a quarter even hits, but. Uh, but what it did for me in regards to this film is it it basically was uh, all bets were off for the, the main characters. At one point towards the end, I thought Meg was seriously going to get it. Uh, and I'm like, they're going to do it. They're going to they're going to kill the female lead because they killed off Paul at the beginning. Anybody su- successful, successful it is <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Susceptible. Is, is susceptible. Thank you uh, to being killed off by the blob. I mean, it just I didn't know. And I like that. I wasn't like, oh, okay, yeah, he's going to survive because he's the lead. She's going to live. Oh, um, what's the little brother's name? Kevin is going to live. <laughs> Eddie's going to live because he's a kid too. I like because I wasn't expecting when, when certain people were dying off. It surprised me, and I like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second that wholeheartedly. That's one of the things that I loved about this movie. And not only did it kill off these characters that you weren't expecting, but at times it did it, it was funny. Um, the sheriff, who you Ooh. think is going to be right. one of them. The sheriff, one of them. And, I love that. And I don't remember the actor's name, but Frank Darabont co-wrote this. 
And this guy, uh, this actor, is in everything that Frank Darabont is like involved with. And I've never seen Frank Darabont, but I think he might be Frank Darabont. He was in even in like the first season of The Walking Dead. He was yeah. in The Mist. I think he was in The Shawshank Redemption. But the waitress, Frances. Oh, Fran, Fran, yeah. Yeah, oh, when wow. she dies in the telephone booth and she calls for the sheriff and they say, I'm sorry, he went to the cafeteria. And then all of a sudden you see the That's sheriff's so dead face. Oh, it's so good. It's so excellent. And the death of Paul. And then um, this movie has a huge sense of humor. Um, a little bit ahead of its time. Um, but I think I LOL'd the most at, I think it's Scotty when he's with that girl. Um, oh, yes, yes. What a grease ball. And he goes in his truck. That reminded me of Creepshow 2. That reminded me of Creepshow 2, The Raft. Yes, it, yes. I, I got a lot of Creepshow vibes. I, I guess they got it from this. But um. He's got a fucking like, tiki bar in his, in his trunk with like yes. strawberries. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, they're teenagers. What are they going to drink? Whatever. No, he's making cocktails back there. And then at the end, he adds a strawberry to it. Like he's at a professional <laughs> bar. I like that he had like a whole thing of those rings, yes. of his uh, senior rings. Oh, yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> what a sleazeball. I love that scene for all the reasons you said, but uh, I also recognize the actress who, who got it oh, there. Uh, yeah, she was she's credited as the pretty girl in ET, um, Erica Elianak. I knew her in the '90s as a Playboy uh, bunny. Um, oh, jeez! But I recognized her right away, and I, I, that that was a great cameo. Yeah. She was the pretty girl. Who was that Vicky? Was that Vicky? Oh, she's the one who is in the car who he, who makes the yeah, cocktails for. Vicky. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll always remember her from Under Siege, the Steven Seagal film. Extremely memorable in that. Yeah, she's in Under Siege as well. In E.T., she's the one who Elliot kisses when he gets drunk. When E.T. gets drunk and he's in school with the frogs. And then he kisses the pretty girl in class. That's her. can definitely see that. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, and and Scotty, I mean, again, the guy, I mean, she's drunk, she's passed out, and he's... So great. Yeah, he's going oh, yeah. for it. He's like, totally Bill oh, Co- doing the Bill Cosby on her. What? You're hot in here? Oh, here. What's that? The, You're still is hot? It, is it hot in here? Get you a pudding pop. Oh. <laughs> I was... Whoa. Whoa. I was taking notes for, for future reference. Oh, wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bill Cosby probably got some of his ideas from that film. This film does a really good job kind of setting up likable characters throughout like i think the family uh, meg's family is really likable even the sheriff you know he's a bit of an asshole he has that nice little relationship with bran really i didn't know i didn't i thought the i thought the deputy was an asshole deputy was definitely an asshole but like his first scene with flag where he's like hey don't forget like you're you're over 18 now you mess up again and you're in big trouble oh he's giving him a little you know word <laughs> of advice so i thought that was very nice of him well i guess that's fair but they definitely set up Scotty right from the start. Like you don't like him at all, and he betrays his friend even. And I know. I'm, and then yeah, that scene. It's like wow, what a. I bastard. guess Caleb's anti-establishment here. I I had no problems with the sheriff. Oh, I definitely am. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about how you know the or we were talking about the unexpected deaths, and if you compare it to the the fifties original, <laughs> um, they made a point of like killing off. In the in eighty eight, all the people who were like the heroes slash survivors in the fifty eight version, mm. um, like the Steve McQueen character, the main sheriff, uh, the little kid who they save in the diner in the original, and then they kill a kid in this one, and then 
in the original, they didn't kill the the heroine or the girl, the love interest. But in the original, she's like completely useless, and she even faints like completely like the first time she sees the blob in the fifties one, which is out of this world that she just faints. Um, and yeah. so they just flipped her in her head instead of making her like she's the ultimate victim, uh, even though she doesn't die. She's the ultimate victim in the first movie, and of course they they turn her into the uh, the Ripley in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because uh, me and Isaac recently, since we've been doing the James Cameron movies. I was commenting like, oh, you know, it's kind of unfair that uh, Sarah Connor is singled out as like this great movie heroine. When a lot of the kind of final girls in horror movies had that kind of transition. So it's funny that watching this so close to watching that first Terminator. And she very much follows that. She's even more badass, I think, than Sarah Connor, at least in the first Terminator. Because she's out there with the machine gun. She gets the, the killing blow on the blob. Sarah Connor, she just, I mean, she's... She's pretty beat up, and then luckily crushes it. It's already kind of fucked up, but but, but just a just a reference of that's something that was very common in horror at the time, and I feel like that's not talked about as much as it should be. Something that we should talk about though is Banaka. Does <laughs> you guys? Did you ever use Banaka back in the eighties? I loved that stuff in high school, man. I what? yes, yes, it really brought back the memories of the Banaka. Yeah. What do you- I don't know what this is. Yeah, that was gone around my time, Banaka. But I definitely, yeah, it, it pops up a lot in this eighty stuff. What is that? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mouth. A little breast spray. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. It didn't do shit. It tasted good. Unless <laughs> you wanted your breath. Yeah, it tasted really good. There's also chloroseptic in this in one shot, uh, which is another useless spray in the mouth thing. Um, but yeah, Banaka, I, I didn't know that was what it was called, but yeah, it would make your breath oh, yeah. good for like two minutes and that's it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I very much remember my quote unquote high school sweetheart was named Bianca and she hated everyone called her <laughs> Bianca, 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 oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's a tongue twister. Bianca Banaka. Like everyone always called her that. She hated it. Like, I'll never forget that stuff. No, that's fair. I would hate that too. That's great. <laughs> What was it? The uh, absolutely fabulous where they used it. And it was like a penis spray that would make your penis hard. And somebody accidentally thought it was that. And he sprayed it on his tongue and his tongue was sticking out. It's, oh, stupid. I'm, I know it's so dumb. <laughs> it kind of worked on that show, but yeah. But one of the things I did want to mention that always surprised me whenever I come back to this is how many kind of little character actors pop up in this that I forget about like jack nance as the uh, the doctor for one scene oh that's who that is fuck excellent every time i'm like holy fuck jack nance i never see him in anything except for david lynch stuff but there he is for one scene. i i know everybody talks about him in a racer head but my favorite moment of his is don't drink that there was a fish in the percolator <laughs> oh, i don't think i know that one oh it's it's from twin peaks oh, okay because he was what's her name's uh, husband, yeah. and he was just this dude, and like she was really rich, and they go to their house to have coffee, and he just runs over out of nowhere. This has nothing to do with the plot. He says, "Don't drink that coffee. There is a fish in the percolator." And he takes the coffee away, and that's it. <laughs> that's all you know. It's so David Lynch. Yeah, like that's, that's what they, yeah. How do you get a fish in the percolator? I haven't heard that word percolator in a long well, time. That's the, that's that's the thing, Eric. We don't know. They don't explain it because it's how you do. 
when you're in Twin Peaks. Who's the owl? You know, it's like the owls put it there. Yeah, it's the owls. It, yeah, seriously, there's a scene in in, in tw- and Eric. I don't know if Eric and Steve are familiar with Twin Peaks, but there's a scene when they go. To a, I've seen the first six episodes. The, the, there's a scene where they go to a town hall episode, a town hall thing, a town hall meeting, and and Cal McLaughlin, who's like the main protagonist, says, "Who's that lady?" And the guy says, oh, that's the log lady. And they cut to the lady, and it's a lady standing there holding a log. <laughs> God, he's so hot in that show, Kyle McLaughlin. Like, my God, he's just incredible. Uh, yeah, maybe you and, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to say no, but yeah, you sound like uh, Tom. But anyway. He looks like that guy in Andor, if you ask me, but two of you haven't seen that. Oh, but um, I also wanted to mention... Uh, this is the only other thing that I've seen Shawnee Smith in, except for the Saw movies. I didn't even realize that she had a career outside of Saw crap. What? <laughs> but here she is. I didn't even know she was in the Saw movies until I was reading in her bio. Yeah, no, I was. I'm, every time I'm always surprised to see her, I'm like, holy crap, I forgot that she was an actress. Because yeah, I just don't think of the people in those movies as real actors. But Wow. Who did she play in the Saw movies? Uh, she Amanda. plays Amanda, one of Jake Paw's <gasps> really? first acolytes, pops up in bunch of that stuff oh my god oh wow steve that's the pig she's the pig oh yeah <laughs> the pig. Nice. oh that's man what a compliment for her. she's the pig she was in the x-files she was in the stand miniseries she was in murder she wrote oh she was in the stand wow it's been so many years since i've seen that wow who did she play in the stand and which one let's uh, the the 80s or was it 80s uh, or 90s yeah yeah uh, 90s we played Julie, Laurie. Julie. Hmm. Oh. I don't know if I remember that character. I th- actually, I think I do. And she's uh, whatever that singer's girlfriend, but... She was an Iron Eagle? Holy smokes. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Larry Underwood's girlfriend? Yeah, I think so. But, but it's been a while since I read that book, or it's been even longer since I've seen that miniseries. Oh, boy. It's not what I go back to. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, the first episode is great, but then after that, just yeah, definitely. Uh, um, oh, but I'm watching that hospital scene right now, and that that really is when the movie, like, it, it was enjoyable up to this point, but that's when it kind of leaps to another level. Just the homeless guy, they pull away the sheet, and just he's like dissolved away. I think all that stuff looks fantastic. I think so too. I I loved the fact uh, this movie was right on the cusp of. Um, what was it? Uh, well, six years, five years away from Jurassic Park. So they made a lot of other movies between now and then. But uh, I, I love the fact that we get to see this movie in, if they had made it, a, oh, let me put it this way. If they made it a few more years later, the blob would have been animated and it would have looked like shit. Mm. You know, uh, there, there are some great moments in this scene with death scenes, including Paul's scene. Oh, yeah. The project. The projectionist's death, where it's on the wall, and yeah. it, oh, it looks so cool. I I love that. Um, oh yeah, when you see like a, like the face is melting away inside the the blob itself, and it was it was really well done. Yeah, uh, you saw like with the sheriff with Paul. Um, I'm sure there's others I can't think of, but uh, it looked awesome. Whatever they did, it, it was really impressive for that time. Yeah, and I like that uh, it was a complete reinvention of the blob kind of aesthetic. Like, having yeah. this, like, weird muscly texture to it, I think, was really smart. Makes it look a lot more intimidating than, yeah, just that, like, raspberry jam or whatever in that original one. 
Like that thing, it just it it just looks comical. This one really does look threatening. So Caleb, you mentioned character actors. I, I think it would be amiss if we don't bring up Paul McCrane. Um, now, oh yeah, <clears throat> it took me a little while to recognize him. <laughs> me too. Uh, he was actually in RoboCop. Who was he in RoboCop? He was the he is the other the super gruesome death. Yeah, turns into a toxic waste man and gets exploded. <laughs> yeah. Oh he had a, yeah. The, I love the most... that. It's one of my favorite parts of RoboCop. But yeah, Emil. Who is Emil? Emil. There you go. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I it took. I was looking when I was watching the blob, and I was like, this deputy. He played Deputy Briggs, right? Yes. Like, God, I recognize him, but I could not until they took his hat off. Mm. I'm like, oh, I know that face. <laughs> yeah, but to me, he's like he's like the long lost brother of Robin Clint Howard. Like if they had a, a third brother. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, if I would think Paul is a little bit more attractive than Clint. Well, yeah, I know. But if Clint and Ron had a kid, which would be weird, oh. then it would be Paul McCrane. Wait, so this is the guy who played the deputy, right? Yes. Right. Yep. And who did he play in RoboCop? Was he the main the main bad guy? And no, I actually, no, by the no. way, I thought it was Clint Howard for a hot second, and then <laughs> no, he wasn't Bodricker. He was the main villain, uh, played by Kurt Wood Smith. Uh, but no, Paul played like his one of his henchmen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was like constantly on on stone, but he did have <laughs> a little crazy. bit of a yeah. He had a little bit of a morality arc in the in the story he starts to slightly turn in robocop a little gas station scene nice that was a nice scene for him yeah but it was the scene where like the the, the vandalism was going on the rioting was going on he, you know he was just trying to watch his tv show drinking johnny walker on the street and uh, so he was playing me yeah, <laughs> yeah right but uh, he's watching. What was it? The show? I don't even know what the show was called. It was just, It was that scene with that guy who goes, "I buy that for a dollar." <laughs> and again, has one of the best death scenes ever. Okay, yeah, I I recognize the dude from somewhere. I just couldn't put. I I, I thought I really did think it was Clinton. and the way he dies, woo, like he really gets yeah, it. Yeah, really bad. Uh, um, that was a year before that. RoboCop came out in '87. Yes. Yeah, his yes. death is the toxic waste man. Uh, that's just that. That's kind of like the violence in this, where it's just like so shocking and out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like holy. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so tongue in cheek. It's it's kind of like when you watch um, <laughs> the violence. It's a totally different type of movie. Totally made a different way, but the violence reminds me of Sleepaway Camp. Oh god! In this movie, <laughs> in this movie, there's the scene, for instance, with the dishwasher, who whose body somehow gets sucked into the drain. Oh! Like, first you're like, oh, it's it's clogged up. And I'm like, don't put your hand in there, sir. Like, I wouldn't even do that, like in real life. I would, and I would not last the first ten minutes in this movie because I've <laughs> I've done that. I like me too. I've done toilet that. sinks clogged. I've stuck my hand in there trying to fish something out yeah oh it's i get scared every time i do it too i'm like oh no something bad's gonna happen here yeah no there's two <laughs> reasons not to do that number one if i did that and i'm home alone someone's gonna walk in the door right then and there and turn the 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 the, the garbage disposal on garbage disposal yeah number two i'm gonna bring my hand out and there's gonna be a bunch of japanese ghost hair in my hand 
And then I'm going to have to move because I'm wait, not... wait, 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 wait. Let's move past that. What one. is Japanese ghost hair? I, this is a new term to me. What is that? Yeah, let's quickly get away from this. Yeah, well, it's you've seen Ringu. It's like uh, the Japanese oh, ghost. Okay, okay, I see. I don't know what you mean. No. The long, the girls with the long hair. They're in a lot of like scary movies. Dark water, you know. Yeah. I hadn't even seen it, but I figured it out. Oh, I thought this had something to do with Bukaki for some reason. I don't know. No. Oh, oh my God! You said it's see, Steve. I just Wait, what's Bukaki? Someone tell me, explain that to me. Oh no! No, it's don't explain it, Caleb. Yeah, Sean. It's the blob. The blob. Let me uh, Google that real quick. It's where the blob came from. He jumps all over these people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. When you always had one of those little toy, sticky, gooey things in the 80s and 90s, they always got hair in them. So it makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's great. Kind, kind of reminded me of, uh, did you guys ever watch the show back in the 80s? Maybe, maybe I'm dating myself. But you can't do that on television uh, where they would slime people. I thought of that a lot during this movie. So like a Nickelodeon? It sounds like a Nickelodeon show where they'd yeah. slime people. It was a Canadian kids show, Caleb, that you should be aware of. <laughs> <laughs> and it was bought by Nickelodeon. It was bought by Nickelodeon. Wow. Well, before my time. For the record. Caleb, uh, you need to turn in your card. I'm sorry. I think Caleb was like two when that show was on, <laughs> if anything. If I was alive, yeah. If it was the 80s, I wasn't. <laughs> um, I, and the end of this is fucking great. Um, there was there was a moment in the movie where... Are you talking I, about the ending? I, I, where, where are we in this... Lot. Well, oh, do we have? Over. We can go all over the place. We're all over the place. Yeah, okay. this isn't truly why. I, I don't know. I like the credits with the words in it that scrolled up. Oh, and just since we're mentioning the credits, I love how much. Uh, <laughs> it's not really referencing the credits, but but Frank Darabont and uh, Chuck Russell, they put a lot of uh, surprising amount of setup in this movie. And I love that during the opening credits, we see a sign that says "Think Snow." Uh, it was like for a sale on. On something uh, like snowplow or something like that. Oh yeah, it was like forty to fifty percent off. Is that what you? Yeah, then we and then we also see uh, Shawnee Smith like playing with a snow globe at some point. I didn't realize that that was a setup. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah there's another setup, Caleb, um, at the beginning because I just saw it a few minutes ago. Is uh, when when uh, not uh, who shit? What's his name? Paul? Not Paul. When Brian goes to pick up a ratchet set from the mechanics. Oh yes. Mm. In that, in that, in the garage, you see the uh, the, the snowplow, and the uh, the mechanics are storing their beer inside the snowplow to keep it cold. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute! Remember when he throws them that beer? It's it's from inside the from the truck. What is that? What is that truck though? I mean, it just goes down the street and it blows out snow. Or is it a? I I don't understand. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't sure what that thing was either. I was like, what purpose would this have? Is it for film? And the blob, like, eats it. And then, like, people are shooting guns at the blob. But I'm thinking, if it can eat a truck, I'm pretty sure it's just going <laughs> to dissolve your bullets. It's not going to matter. Yeah, the bullets just piss it off. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Caleb, you're from Canada. I thought you'd be aware of the Great White North show with uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. But never mind. Oh, I've certainly seen that, yes. Yeah, I've certainly seen that. Not a huge fan. <laughs> but... Yeah, I got to turn in my Canadian card. I'm not a fan of our Strange Brew or their uh, or SCTV. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen Strange Brew in years. I really need to, need to watch Well, that. Caleb, you're from Canada. You must be aware of Sasquatch. Uh, Suburban Sasquatch? I've seen that movie. 
but I don't know. Uh, really, seriously, Steve, we're on somebody else's podcast. That might be okay. Yeah, what's going on here? I thought that was the blob all was, Yeah, that might be okay that wasn't me. For, for our Murder, She Wrote podcast. No, that was Eric. Oh. That was Eric. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like Eric, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't believe this is the way I'm spending a set right now. Hey, what's like, this? What's this? Let's talk about more <laughs> of the good parts of the movie. Cheer you up. Okay. What are you going to say about the end, Sean? Oh, I love the ending. It was like, um, there was a moment in the film, and it was around the time that Dr. Meadows got killed. Um, you know, the, the typical, like, mad scientist, government agent. Yeah, the you big know, twist. Smoke smoking man whatever he gets killed and he gets killed fabulously um and then there's kind of a shootout which i didn't like and i was kind of sort of i don't want to say falling asleep but i was kind of like ah la 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 and there there was a moment in this film that i just kind of turned myself off because it stopped being funny it wasn't suspenseful it wasn't scary but then the end with the priest who i thought he died uh, no, he's just got got fire in the face. Yeah. And, and he's like, this has been prophetized. What are you talking about, sir? Yeah, got a little revival. A little revival yeah. church. Yeah. And he's got those cool glasses on with uh, the shades on one eye, like smoking yeah. in the bandit. Which, by the way, somebody's got to be wearing those. Uh, I, I love that look. I'm, I'm yeah. Gonna, and it turns out he's got the job. He's got the blob. In the jar, he's got it the whole time. He's like, yeah, because he collected that. Yeah, we find out that what kills the blob, or at least subdues it, prevents it from growing. Yeah, is yeah, cold weather. Which yeah, which I thought they did a good job setting that up too during that diner scene. They run to the freezer. Yeah, same as what happened in the original, except it was in the grocery store. Can I mention my my favorite scene there, Caleb? No, it's not permitted. Yeah, go ahead, and then I'll I'll jump back on the priest thing because yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I love that. (laughs) Oh no, no, let's talk about the priest, and then I want to follow up with that. Okay, yeah, I think that's like it, like it's like a big time jump that if a lot of these horror movies back in the 80s, they had that kind of like jump scare ending that was, it's like I always reference Nightmare on Elm Street when they show mm-hmm. the mom getting pulled through like a door and she turns into a blow up doll. It's just like, why would, why you, would you include this note? It like kind of ruins the movie a little bit. But this one, they have the jump scare in a completely different way. I just think it's so great. Like he's just waiting for God to give him his sign to cause judgment day <laughs> like it's crazy crazy priest it's gonna be soon though <laughs> I, I just think that's such a fun choice maybe with a smile and he was a bit of a pervert wasn't he the, the priest like he seemed really interested when, <laughs> when scott was buying ribbed condoms and and did he when there was a scene where he he's going towards the the cafe and he drops a bottle Yes. Was that like a bottle of booze? Yes. Oh yeah, he was, he was drinking it up. We see at the end too. He's still hitting the the booze pretty hard. And and you are not alone, Steve. Uh, the condom talk. I think he seemed a little bit too excited as well. Um, he's like, "Tell me more." Yeah, I, I know that's like a horrible trope that they always put in movies as a joke. But in 1988, that that yeah. And he did some uh, like Catholic priest. Is it that much of a joke from the uh, the recent? I guess not recent now. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was back then, but um, hey, those scandals yeah. go back many, many decades. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but anyway, 
That, so the, another character actor that I recognized and I couldn't place him. I looked him up and I couldn't figure out where I saw him before was uh, Shawnee Smith's dad, the pharmacist. Oh, yeah. Right. And I can't figure out where I've seen him before. It's not Richard Kind. Art LaFleur. What now? The actor Art LaFleur. <laughs> See, that doesn't help, Eric. You have to say, well, he was in this and that. Or... He was in The Sandlot. He was in Cobra. He was in Field of Dreams. Wait, wait. Sandlot? What, what character did he play in Sandlot? Was he... I'll tell you in the, in the soon. He was in the Santa Claus 3. Uh, oh, that. Of course. That's where I've seen <laughs> oh, him. Of course. Oh, Santa Claus 3. Yes. And part 2. Oh, have you, guys seen, have you guys seen the trailer for the David Harper uh, film? Um, the new Santa Claus film from Universal coming out this year? Oh, wow. No, I have definitely not seen that. You haven't seen the trailer? Okay, when you get a chance, what was the name of it? Does it look bad or good? It's kind of like, oh, it looks pretty funny, like a really dark um, Christmas film. Uh, he plays Santa Claus, but he goes after the, the, the people that's on his naughty list. Oh, like, oh, that, that sounds like, like fun. Oh, okay, that sounds fun. Yeah. yeah, I know. Like, I guess he played Babe Ruth in the Sandlot. What now? He didn't. Really? That's what it says. Interesting. Uh, let's see. He played in two episodes of my, uh, uh, Matlock. <laughs> I don't know what Sean would have seen him in. I don't know. He looks really familiar, though. Like, you know. Oh, okay. So he, David Harbour plays Santa Claus in the film. It hasn't come out yet. It's coming out this December. And the film's called Violent Night. Violent. Okay, that's and a good it, one. And it's got a bit of a humor. It's, it is got... It, Looking at the trailer, it's got some humor to it. It's about the. Um, the no, never mind. We're, we're talking about the blob. No, no, come on, Steve. Don't be a no. cock tease. Okay, so there's this little girl that's been on. It's on the good list, but they're her her home's being burglarized by. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, it, it's got some famous actors in it, but he's being burglarized by some really bad criminals. And they're all on Santa's naughty list, so he comes to save her. And the and the joke is like, there's no such thing as Santa, so why is he coming after us? You know, there's no such, you know, you're kidding, right? And um, I watch the trailer; it's it delivers it better than I can explain it. But it's got me interested. I will look at that. I, Violet I, Night. I am a huge fan of Christmas horror movies. I think there should be more. Me too. Um, more good ones, at least. Yeah. Well, the best one is Black Christmas. Um, yeah. But uh, and Gremlins and Gremlins is great. Oh, Gremlins! Is don't, so please great. don't tell me you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. No, that is a Christmas movie. Uh oh. I mean, if Fuck. people want to call it that, they can, but it, it doesn't have enough of Christmas in it to to make it one that I would put on my Christmas list. Oh, fuck y'all! Like Gremlins. <laughs> I I I don't care. <laughs> Gremlins is more of a Christmas movie than than Die Hard. Yeah, Gremlins is a. Yeah, I I'd rather go to the the fucked up family reunion, fucked up, oh fucked God. up family reunion where we just watch two the Bob Clark double feature, a Christmas story oh. and uh, Black Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Yes. Yeah, not a big fan of a Christmas story, but I love me some Black Christmas. There's a Canadian yeah, classic. Yeah, right there. Dare you? <laughs> Turn in your film reviewing card caleb Jesus. it's okay but I, i've seen it too many times i've seen it too many times what you can't watch that movie too many times i think i agree i agree with that kind of my parents uh, every christmas they they want to watch it's a wonderful life i can't tell you how many times 
I have been forced to watch that in Christmas Eve. And then I had to watch it. I watched, or I shouldn't say, watched it for the 2001 Movies podcast, Take a Drink. Never heard of that one. And I'm like, this this isn't a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Stop watching it on Christmas. It's actually pretty good. If you take, so can we get back to the, can we get back to the actual film that we're talking about? See, this is this is why you hate. This is another example of Steve hating fun. <laughs> no, I wanted to bring up something earlier. the The best I thought the best scene in the entire film uh, was at the movie theater, and they're watching obviously Friday the Thirteenth or a version yeah. of Friday the Thirteenth. And I personally, the reason I don't go to the movies so much is I hate going to the movie theater because uh, there's always people talking. I've always got the person who's going to be the chatterbox either sitting next to me or immediately behind me. So I, I, I thought it was funny that the, the stupid redneck guy that is commenting during the whole film, that guy would be next to me. And so I have dreamt of ways to kill people. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, but I've, I've, I've dreamt of ways of... <laughs> Doing things to those people. <laughs> Summoning an alien blob. Uh, so I like seeing this. I like seeing the blob take out revenge on these people for me on my behalf. I just I wish I wish I could <laughs> control the blob in those movie theaters where they would just take those people and shut them up and eat them or something. I don't, I don't fucking care. But I really like the scene in the movie theater. I thought it was really enjoyable. Like the, the scene where the guy's screaming, the projectionist is screaming from being eaten alive that's it's you know no one can hear him because they're all screaming at the film i thought that was hilarious yeah and i love that the red of the blob just like takes over the projector it's all just little, like, <laughs> yes. Great. yes and in 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 that scene or shortly following that scene when it goes down downtown which by the way you can totally tell is like a hollywood set like it literally just crushes a couple people. Like it comes out, like a tentacle comes out, and it's just like boom. And then like there's like a flat guy when the tentacle goes up. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and and <clears throat> for the record, Steve, that's not a real movie. What we're watching there. Uh, it's. I know that. <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure I had to protect Friday the Thirteenth from its. Uh, I don't know whatever it would be, but. Uh, we got to talk about the kid dying because this this kind of broke broke a rule with that, didn't it? I mean, it's like oh, I, I thought, yeah, the kids were always they always live, <laughs> and so when Eddie, who I hated the most out of the two kids, oh, so happy because I always sit next to it in the movie theater. Let's go back to that <laughs> hypothetical. Uh, whenever I'm s- sitting in a movie, it's not just the talkative guys; it's the young kid who doesn't shut the fuck it's, up. Yeah. Doesn't stop talking. And so I was very happy to see little Eddie get his because he was a little turd. It's very difficult for Steve to grab his walker and move farther back. Yeah, that totally ruined showgirls for me. It is today. It is today when seats are assigned, Sean. There you go. There you go. Um. And I, I, I buy my seat. And I sit where I want to sit. I, I, I don't want to move to the back of the theater or to the first row of the theater because it's a little shit. I'm sorry. You need to talk about the blog. Yeah, when I went to go see Scream 5, there was these kids having some sort of... It was like like maybe like eight kids, and then two of them like broke up during the movie, and the manager had to come out and kick them all out, the whole group of them, because they were just talking and... Wow. Canada. <laughs> like giggling and laughing, almost yelling at each other throughout the movie. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, does anybody else have this problem? I mean, Caleb, Eric, do you guys, when you go to the theater... No, it's... 
It's it's really rare. It's, I generally it's, don't. Yeah. Yeah, I generally don't. It's me then. It's me then. Or where you're going? Yeah, that was at a theater that I never go to. Yeah, in a, in a place where I know that. Because the draft house is usually pretty good on. People don't fuck around at the draft house. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alamo, Alamo. I will say this: Alamo draft house. I when I go there, I've had the best experience. Uh, but anywhere else outside of that has been god awful. Yeah, for the most part, my theaters here are pretty good. But yeah, that was like my worst experience of the past, like maybe like five or six years. A bunch of crazy kids. But teenagers, you know, you can't blame them. They don't know what. I happen. think old. People, I think. I think old people are worse. I I really do. I'm you know I've never. I don't know, because little kids think it's okay to talk out loud like we are during a movie theater. Uh, but old old people, I remember uh, there was a uh, a theater that we used to go to uh, back in Chicago, and it would always be old people, and they would just talk about whatever, like the way just normal voice like this, and they weren't talking about the movie. They were talking about, did you pick up your prescriptions? Are we going to go to that restaurant after this? What are you going to order there? I, I, I've i had worse experiences with old people than young kids. Yeah, here's my non-racist statement of, of the podcast. Uh-oh. No, but seriously, y'all have not lived. Y'all have not lived until, you, until you've seen a movie uh-huh. um, with – especially a comedy movie. Probably works with horror as well. That is completely filled to capacity – 90 to 95 percent black attendance y'all have not lived until you've experienced that i saw the dr doolittle 2 i think um oh do you want to go see that in the theater oh my god i was in kentucky <laughs> and the theater was 95 percent black attendance full house um it was the the sound of the audience was pandemonium the whole run of the movie People were literally throwing popcorn tubs in the air when they were laughing. Like it was it was it was amazing. I've never it was it was completely out of this world. And when I used to go to the movies in Virginia, um, I went to several movies that were like predominant black attended, like and you just it's it's an experience. And I'm not even saying it's negative. It's just yeah. like holy moly, like you don't, you don't know like yeah what other experiences there are out there in the world and everyone just having the time of their life oh i think one of the best things of the pandemic is when movies came came to uh day and date releases on streaming <laughs> that, that made me so happy oh you can never replace the theatrical experience yeah i oh no you can't you can't oh absolutely no the going to theater is the best thing but until that one person starts talking on their phone or Talking about the prescriptions or throwing buckets of popcorn in the air. I mean, it just, was crazy. It ruins it. It ruins it. I, I, th- I mean, I have a family of five, right? For me to go see a movie, the whole family, it's over 60 bucks. Easy. Now, if you that's not including popcorn and candy and soda. And for an hour and a half of entertainment, that's, that's way overpriced. So I get really upset when someone ruins that experience. After, after I spend that kind of money, so that's fair. It is way overpriced these days. So Eddie, fuck you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ergo, I'm glad Eddie died the way he did. Little shit. Aww. And the, the redneck, redneck bastard <laughs> that was talking. Yeah, fuck that guy. It's funny because fuck that guy too. In the original Blob, um, of course, there's a movie theater scene, 
And the teens are like, he's like, you got to come out. You got to check this out. And there's an old guy named Steve in the back row. And he's like, hey, kids, we're trying to watch the movie. It's a it's a big deal in the old version. The that, that's me. That's me. That was me. I, I was in that film. That was me starring as myself. <laughs> you got a TARDIS and you went on the set. I get a, can I get a spot in this movie? I'll work for free. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I I know we're not talking about the original Blob, but the other funny thing is, so obviously the Blob attacks the theater in the original one, and everyone's running out of the theater. Wait, hold on. Wait, I, I, I'm sorry, Eric. I'm going to interrupt you. Are you, like, the representative for the original Blob? Because every single time you talk, you're like, well, the <laughs> well, original Blob, blah, blah, well, blah, I, blah, because, blah, because, blah. Because, because, because there was, like, there was, like, germane callbacks, in a, you know, in a way, in the new version. Okay. Parallel. But That's okay. All right. No, All right. but it just, another unintentionally funny thing in the original blob is when everyone keeps stream running out of the theater it's like they it's like they keep they never stop it's like a clown car like like there's it's a tardis yeah. movie okay. theater because oh people are the, the throngs of people that keep coming out over and over it's i don't know it's just kind of funny it's hilarious <laughs> let me ask you this though eric if you can within a minute and a half give us a short review of the original blob and what you thought of it. Well, what's interesting about it, it is a B-movie, but it, it feels really well... I mean, for its time, a B-movie. But it feels like... They're being timed. Like, they're taking it really serious and really straight um, in mm-hmm. that... Like, it, it's it's played almost like a, like a drama, really, more than anything. And then what's kind of dissatisfying is they do the Jaws thing, except it kind of almost backfires, wherein... Yes. There's almost nothing of the blob for almost the first three quarters of the movie. It's all it's like Doctor Who when it, or or something like Doctor Who. We're like, there's a monster. What? I didn't see it. What monster? You're just making it up. No, I swear there's a monster. Except uh. that's that's seventy five percent of the movie, and then all the blob stuff happens in the last fifteen minutes. Um, but it's yeah, really that... well done, and it's, and it's just weird how it's played really straightforwardly. Yeah, the waiting is super tedious and. I, I don't know. I thought some of the performances were kind of hokey, too. It, uh, I don't know. But maybe it's been a while since I see. Maybe i got to go back. But I do remember thinking that. And, and the deputy in the original is the ultimate douche. Um, he, is, he is the wet toast. Like, oh, yeah. Movie. He's a big scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was going to mention, uh, this This is one of the closer of the remakes of the 80s. So there was kind of that little uh, trend at the time. And I think all of them were good, surprisingly, for the most part. Yeah, there was a crazy nostalgia for the 50s and the 80s yeah yeah now there's a crazy nostalgia for the 80s yes trust me absolutely yes it's the same thing yeah uh my 80s uh murder mystery thing sells like hot they, they love it like hotcakes yeah. um but as far as remakes go i don't know if you would call them remakes or they do this a lot in horror yeah they they do it rarely with uh like comedy or drama where they remake things. Um, and this is one of the rare remakes, and there's got to be others, rare remakes of movies from the 50s. And it does rather well. And uh, there are some from the 70s. and the I don't know about the 60s. The 70s, um, we have a whole bunch, like the Amityville Horror, which was fucking better than the original. Um, Dawn of the Dead, which is just as good as the original. Um there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch yeah. which are fun to look at, but you know, 
And to be honest, I was going to comment about this movie that is loosely germane to what you're talking about, loosely. Um, another re- reason I was happy to watch this right now, because I'm not like a horror guy, and I don't even, this is, I don't know, I don't even know what horror means. It seems like a nebulous term to me, because I don't even know if this yeah. even seems like a horror movie to me, whatever that means. But I was happy to watch it, because for whatever reason, I've been visiting a lot of 80 mo- 80s movies in general lately, especially ones I never saw. Um, and I just love everything that's set in like every town America, which of course was a big thing in the in eighty mm. movies. I am such a yes. sucker yes. for every town America, yes. and because I had watched the fifties version, and then I was watching this version. It has an effect a little bit like watching Back to the Future. Um, how they're obviously they show you the eighties yeah. town, and then they go to the fifties version. And when I watch like a movie like this one, the eighties version. Yeah, I think about that. I think about the older people inhabiting this world. And, and like, the 80s really wasn't that different from the 50s in a lot of ways. You know, outside of the clothes and the styles. You yeah. still had that old Americana kind of feel thing. Because... Yeah. So I, I'm just a sucker for that stuff. I'm, I'm going to kind of uh, top off what you said, Eric, with I think the perfect double feature for this movie. Because it's around the same time. It has the same tone. Uh, tone, sorry, is Tremors, mm. which is another horror comedy. Oh, I love that uh, movie. Set yeah. in a really small town. I see that. Love it. Yeah, yeah. That was actually one of the other ones I was going to pick. It was between this and Return of the Living Dead and Tremors. Yeah, I watched it about a year ago. It's still good. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, and and even I, the the was was she the waitress in the diner in this movie? She was like one of the pretty girls in American Graffiti. Right. Oh, interesting. Huh. Interesting. So, uh, Eric said something that kind of made me think in regards to kind of uh, tropes or things where that are we see kind of remade uh, from from previous uh, versions. So this this movie reminded me of something that kept bugging me in the back of my head, and it occurred to me it was from Stranger Things, specifically season three. We, we have a scene where, I don't know if you guys remember, if you even watch Stranger Things. I definitely watched it. But in season three, they go to the hospital, and there, there's this creature, and it's possessing people, and it's melting them into this globulous kind of monster that can go through the sewers and, and stuff like that. Like, now I know where they got that idea from. Because um, pretty much the Stranger Things is just a, a rehash of old 80s and earlier ideas uh it's, there's nothing original about that stupid show but oh, i enjoy it but well, I, no i enjoy it i love that show but it's but it's i think it's a it's a a love letter i should maybe rephrase that it's a love letter to all those things mm-hmm. uh but it reminded me so much of season three where they're dealing with this creature that would you know melt people and it would make itself bigger and bigger and bigger. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, thing. and then there was a scene in a hospital where you see where the, an old woman, she's being overtaken by this creature, kind of like the old man at the beginning. I completely forgot about this creature. And another film yeah. it kind of reminded me of. It's very Cronenberg. Yeah. Another film it reminded me of. And, and it's not a good comparison because this movie was absolutely horrible, but uh, I'm a big... I love sci-fi and I love sci-fi and horror put together. And I'm sure all of you have seen Alien vs. Predator 2. 
Yeah. It had that feel to it as well. That was an absolute shit show. But I got a lot of that <laughs> feeling from from AVP2. Wow. Uh, hated that film so much. <laughs> the difference is I don't like that movie. I did like this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this movie was uh, before we review it and all, but I, I like this film, but uh, but I, I don't know. Obviously, see when you, when you say, uh, Steve, when you say you had me, except until you said <laughs> Alien versus Predator too, and mm. you know, uh, once upon a time, I was here home <laughs> alone, and I ordered a yeah. pizza, and I'm like, I'm gonna fucking watch Alien versus Predator, and it lasted ten minutes, and that was that, with, that, that first, was with no, the alcohol. The first one. What? Not the first, not the first movie. The second movie. Uh, okay, yeah. takes place in Colorado. A lot of it, where the uh, the alien creature is in the sewers under this yeah. under the, the little town where it's blocked off. The government comes in to fight. Um, it's horrible. It's it's really a shit show okay. film. I yeah, hated it, it so much. It has its own little horrific hospital scene. If you remember that, oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> Do you know I I belonged? Uh, when did that movie come out? Two thousand seven. Ninety seven. Two thousand seven. So I belong to a um, a uh, forum that does movie props, like how to recreate movie props mm. and whatever. And uh, the guy that worked on the film, on that film, AVP2, was on the forum talking like, okay, you're li- we want to know how we did it, how we made certain scenes. And he got blasted off the forum. I mean, people hated that film so much. Um, specifically because of that hospital scene. They, people were really bothered by oh, it horrific. and he was run off the forum it was it was quite interesting <laughs> they got their virtual pitch uh, to see the kind of, <laughs> their virtual pick forks yeah i mean it was it was not well received by the 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 prop forum groups or the rps i thought it was a cool concept though when i was watching it the first time that it does take it to like a small town feel um yep mm-hmm. that's partially why i was so hyped I was there. I was just over the moon excited for it because I was like that first movie. Like it was okay. Oh, it wasn't great, but this one's going to be R-rated. There's all of a sudden a small town. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. just couldn't believe it. Agreed. Couldn't believe it. How old were you? How old were you, Caleb? Fifteen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how old I was. Oh, I, in two thousand seven. Fourteen. <laughs> yeah, like fourteen. Wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that one burned. The only the only thing that that movie that produced that I loved was the the oh the pred alien pre- alien the the alien that came out with the with the the the, the jaws yeah, yeah it would have been cooler if I could see it goddamn DVD is so dark these days I yes it's super dark uh yeah visually dark it's weird yeah you can barely see the movie it's crazy really well we haven't discussed much about the uh, the twist in the movie when then suddenly like maybe like an hour in we find out that. The blob isn't some alien that came down an asteroid. It's actually like a satellite that the U.S. put up there to develop a biological weapon. Hated it. That was always, yeah, that that was always the bit when I was a kid. I'd be like, okay, it's time to switch the channel, find something else to watch. It just got kind of boring. But as an adult, I, I find that more interesting. But I still feel like the movie loses steam. Right, because you're saying the movie should have been released during the pad. They should have held it in a time capsule and released it during the pandemic. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well. I don't know about that. But... Well, it's like Contagion. Nobody cared about that movie. 
and then all of a sudden it was like in the top 10 of of netflix uh that's true this is true and it was a good movie too fucking fantastic movie yeah i watched it during the pandemic it was perfect but um it what is it with the government who started that or or was it the government did (laughs) i mean (laughs) no no what i mean is i blame nixon we'll see because i want to say like when did it put in when was it put into everyone's like collective consciousness and movies i mean was it was it close encounters? But like, no, they had it before that. I mean, with like Andromeda Strain oh, and all this stuff. Vietnam, yeah, the Manhattan Project. Yeah, it's probably it's probably the it's probably the Vietnam era, but that's probably what got people. Oh, it goes back further. Well, I'm, I, I mean, but what made it so in vogue, or when did it like come into its time? Yeah, I, I understand this question, and I'm trying to think of it, and I'm trying to answer. It was probably Vietnam. That's when everyone uh, was questioning everything about the military or government complex, bureaucracy, everything. Andromeda Strain. Um, and- yeah, I I think Andromeda Strain is the first instance. There's There has to be an earlier mm-hmm. one um, where it was just like bad people from the government that were in suits like this. Um, I'm going to even say Clockwork Orange. I'm just going out there. Um, where we had a taste of like the government might be bad and doing something, and you know, um, I I'm even gonna say I'm gonna go out there and say the movie Sleeper by uh, Woody Allen, which is basically a comedy. <laughs> uh, seriously, no, if you think about it, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it also came out right in that time when everyone was. Uh, but yeah, and drama the same. Yeah, I I think it's a great point. Um. Because when it comes up in this movie, it comes off as kind of tired yeah. and a trope, as opposed to a a spike in the story. I don't know how else to say it's, that. Yeah. It almost feels like an unnecessary wrinkle. Like, oh, we got to keep it going for another half an hour. How can we keep it interesting? Let's introduce this new twist. But yeah, it doesn't really add anything. <laughs> Yeah. No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, you, Caleb, you said earlier when you were younger, you kind of turned off at this point. Uh, for me, that was probably the the weakest point in the script. Like I was totally fascinated. I loved the idea of what was going on. The, the storyline was going great. But when they introduced, um, who was it, Doctor? Oh, fuck, what was Meadows? Doctor Meadows. <laughs> I, yeah, I. I I really, it, you, you kind of, you do kind of, uh, maybe it, it, it could be, gentlemen, uh, from just where we are today, at this point in time, that we just kind of turn off because it's so tired mm-hmm. for us. Maybe back then it was something. Where's Alex Jones when we need him? <laughs> but to me it was. It was very tired and like, oh, God, okay, whatever. And so in a way, yes, uh, modern me also with you Caleb kind of turned off at this point I just didn't care <laughs> to be quite honest um, but maybe back then maybe in 88 that was a, a fresh and exciting idea I think maybe it, it may have been sort of making fun of how many times those types of people those characters would show up in like 1950s movies and their spacesuits and like oh there's a germ there's a virus whatever um because i don't think it works in 88 i don't even think then it worked uh, i don't know 
Oh, that's oh. fascinating. I, I have to look into that a little bit more. I won't, but I have to. Well, I was definitely thinking that there was some some obvious visual parallels to E.T. even, from like five years earlier, with uh, mm. seeing the guys in the woods mm, with the... Besides... Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, besides the guys in the suits, like, what, what do you... Oh, mean? I mean, the, the visuals of the, the guys in the woods there, and yeah, they're wearing their little, their little outfits like that. And even in E.T., the, the government is kind of the bad guys there, too. Yeah. So I, I thought some of that was a little bit of a callback. But there was also, uh, like, 10 years prior was during that big kind of... Um, the You Can't Trust the Government movement in those 70s uh, thrillers, suspense movies. So that was kind of feeding into some of that, but it just did not work as well. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's my next retrospective after I'm done with disaster movies. I decided I was going to do a 70s... Uh, those thrillers, like Three Days of the Condor or uh, the China Syndrome or all those movies. Sorry, I'm drunk now too. I'm just I'm going off. <laughs> Not really. <drunk. laughs> no, it's okay. I got up and got some more wine. Tell us about your childhood, Caleb. <laughs> well, I will say since I'm watching the uh, the scene in the the uh, what is this like the waterways, little tunnels down here. When that kid died, that definitely freaked the hell out of me when I was a little kid. I couldn't believe that we actually saw like his acid melted face. That was awesome. I remember I had to cover my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Very, very reminiscent. Reverend. Oh, I'm drunk too, Caleb. Uh, very reminiscent of it, I thought, because it was living in the sewers. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. It mm. ate eight children. I, I read a, a, a review or a commentary of a movie recently that. Um, Killing kids nowadays in movies is sort of like, well, it's kind of scary, like in It Chapter One, when uh, I, I can't remember what his name is, Georgie, I think. Uh, get Georgie. yeah, Georgie when when he gets his arm ripped off and then he's pulled in. We all float down here, Georgie. It's much more graphic than the uh, the old It from 1990 uh, oh. with Tim Curry, um, in. In 1988, that was a taboo in horror movies. You don't kill off yes. kids. No. Like, you no. don't kill off kids. You don't kill off babies. Um, I don't know about old people. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no. Those are your, your, you know, your exposed victims. Like, it's too easy. And they went there. They fucking went there. They, they not only killed off the uh the lead they did a janet lee and killed off paul yeah and then they kill off you know a couple other people that you think are like the sheriff and the waitress you think are going to be like you know there at the end fighting the 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 blob it's like all right okay um but yeah the, the the balls of killing off a child gotta admire that and you have to do it well yeah. You can't do it. Especially if those little kids are talking to the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. But, I'll, I'll, you know, it, it, it's not... And it wasn't so shocking that it, like, made my head spin, like, um, hereditary. Fuck. What does that mean? Oh, it's a film, hereditary. It's a fi- hereditary, sir. No, he's talking about hereditarily uh, past illnesses. That's uh, no shock. Show. I'm talking... Oh, I thought he like hereditary, like he had kids. No, sir. Like, I'm talking about the movie Hereditary, which you have not seen. Uh, I know Eric has seen it. I don't know if Caleb has seen it, but uh, yep. 
Maybe in our future podcast, Steve. Well, I'll make you watch it. Oh, yeah. Maybe this is the new horror group. Yeah, convince uh. me and Sean, convince Steve and Eric that uh, uh, horror movies are good. <laughs> oh, God, I'm drunk. Oh, and Eric is gone. Hey, Eric, where are you? Wait, Eric, so Eddie's you? the kid, right? The one we were just talking about? Jesus. Yeah. Uh-huh. For some reason, no, because I was just reading about it. For some reason, in the DVD version, for some reason, in the DVD version of this movie, when we when they reveal him after he's been taken by the blob, it's it's a whole different visual. Um, uh, in the DVD version, when he comes back out of the water, he's a skinless human corpse. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. No and what's up with Eddie wearing headphones at the movie theater? <laughs> like, what the f, man? <laughs> Like, what, is he listening to, like, Depeche Mode when he's watching this film? Like, what's going on? I was thinking the same why thing. Is he, why is he got the headphones on? He's wearing it all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and that's why you're reminding what me. what some kids did back in the 80s, just like the kids with AirPods in their ears, like, these days. Some kids did, or, I don't know how many people did it in real life, but I, I know it's like a trope in 80s things, like, when there's a person... It's just like it's like it's part of their costume or something. Oh yeah, that was me. I always had those things around my neck. There you go. Yeah, I love that. My little you were my little discman. <laughs> but I definitely was not playing it while the movie was playing. Yeah, I could I could see Steve yelling at a kid in the theater, and he's like probably autistic, wearing noise canceling headphones. I've done, <laughs> done that. I've, no, oh, no. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure I've done that. Uh, I've yelled at kids. <laughs> you see them with headphones on. Shut your mouth. Shut your pie hole, you little shit. I'm watching this damn movie I paid $60 for. <laughs> Fuck you. Holy shit. The kid goes and cries to the manager. Actually, you know, uh, Sean, you may not remember. Oh my god, I'm so drunk. Um, this was years and years ago. Sean and I went to go see the movie It, the, the first part oh. one. And there were these teenage girls literally over my left shoulder talking the whole goddamn time. I was so mad. Wow. I remember it to this day. I'm so mad. Sean, do you remember this? <laughs> I think he's passed out. Yeah. And he's drunk too. Okay. I remember when I went to go see it, there was these teenage boys in front of me. And at one point, one of them got so scared, he leapt out of his seat onto the other, onto his friend. And his friend quickly like shoved him off. Like, what are you doing, man? I'd never seen that in a movie theater. <laughs> Leap out of your seat into the next person's seat. Very strange. <laughs> Sounds like a move. <laughs> oh, maybe thinking. it was. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was thinking. That's his way of, uh, yeah. Oh, but Sean, if you are uh, there in a way. Okay, no, I'm here. I, I, I was having... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I muted my microphone. Someone's, someone say my name. Oh, what? No, I oh. muted my microphone so I could uh, pour a drink, and then like I pressed the buttons, uh-huh. and... I went through all these, I don't know, fucking whatever. Um, Steve, I don't remember the ladies, uh, the girls, uh, yelling or screaming or laughing in It Chapter 1. Jumping out of their seats into the other person's seat. I I do remember uh, years ago, this is in 2006, the remake of The Omen went out. And uh, me and my friend Joe and my then friend Abel... Who I'm no longer friends with because he's a narcissist. But listen to this story. Oh, that's... we're sitting there watching the movie. Wow. He Abel gets up 
And he didn't tell these people to be quiet. And I couldn't hear these people. He goes and tells the manager. He doesn't turn around and say, be quiet. He goes and tells the manager. Because he's that important. Good for no, I Abel. I fucking yes. hate Abel. Oh, no. That's... I, I fucking love Abel. It's like a big turn. There's a lot of history there that I hate. No. But um, but but my uh, my question for you, Sean. Uh, do you recall it was around the release of Halloween Two, the Rob Zombie film, that it was announced that he was going to be remaking the Blob, and it was I think in development for like two years, and there was a lot of back backlash online. So we were like, oh my god, why would you hire Rob Zombie, this complete hack, to remake the Blob? Uh, do you remember that <laughs> at all? I do not remember that, but I would love to see that movie. So was this before the monsters or <laughs> after? Uh, yeah, and I used to, I was a big frequenter of the IMDb message boards at the time, and I was in a rage too. I was like, oh my god, don't let him anywhere near this. He ruined the Halloween franchise. <laughs> well, that's a lot of the monster fans <laughs> saying that too, so. That's fair. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that, uh, oh, I don't explain it. I'd be fine to see it now. But, I would, uh, yeah, I'd be fine to see it now. Uh, back then, you know, and I, I've seen, you know, both of, most of both of his Halloween movies. I haven't seen the monsters. Um, um, I, I've seen, you know, I know what the guy's talents are. Like, I appreciate it. Um, and the things that we see in this movie where the blob is killing people, I could totally see a lot more of that in, in his movie that he would make and it would be much less on script and more about um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh more in flowery direction and stuff but i could see it i would want it more like house of a thousand corpses and less like the current monster film so. yeah, and speaking of house of a thousand corpses did you guys notice uh, bill mosley in the picture who did he play he was the uh, the soldier that they discovered down in the uh, down in the why, why am I not the sewers? <laughs> oh wow! Okay, that was him. Okay, he was the one with the bloody face. Huh. The guy that's trapped with them, and then he ends up getting out anyway. I totally thought he was gonna die. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was like, when's he gonna yell uh, Vietnam flashbacks or or Mail Day or whatever he said in <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Two? <laughs> He's like an estate. Well, no. I was going to say he's an established horror actor now, but he had already done Texas Chainsaw 2 by the time this movie came out. Wait, did you say horror actor or horror? Horror <laughs> actor, oh, sir. Wow. Oh, my God. Well, he did show up in... Well, I won't say that. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. But yes, yeah. He, 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 he was just like a bit person. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I don't think anybody really saw at the time, and... Yeah, it didn't really give him any sort of bump in his career. I don't think he had any sort of bump until Rob Zombie showed up. I just met him at a horror con. I was like, okay, you're my new buddy. Let me pop you in my movies. Really? I think in order to become a, like, a partner with Rob Zombie, you just have to buy him a beer. <laughs> oh, that's very true. Like like a very cheap what? Bud Light. He was an army of darkness. Who? The guy we're talking about. Oh, Bill Mosley? Yeah, and he was in Night of the Living Dead from 1990. Ooh, what did he play? Army of Darkness. He was probably another bit role. Deadite Captain. There you go. That's what I was going to say. He was probably just in someone in heavy makeup that you couldn't recognize. That's the kind of stuff he was doing up until Rob hmm. Zombie grabbed him. 
That's not what... <laughs> oh, no. That's something you want to advertise. Rob Zombie grabbed me. Sorry. Oh, but there was one, one other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, uh, actually, two. Uh, the first one is, I think, one of the big weaknesses in the movie, besides the uh, the military twist, is the score. Oh, yes. I feel like it's a pretty generic horror score, and it just doesn't do anything to help the movie. I agree. I agree. I couldn't remember the score if you asked me to, so... Yeah, yeah, well, I remember it, yes, I remember it in a negative way as well, because this movie doesn't seem like a B-movie, except for really the score. Yeah. Like, I was surprised how well done this movie was, for the most part, but the score was the one thing that was severely lacking. They absolutely need to rescore this, like they've done to some uh, classic films, where they've rescored them in modern times. <laughs> if you rescore this with somebody who has, like, love and passion for the project... It'll make it an immensely better movie overall. Agreed. Yeah, and I even looked it up because I was like, who the hell is this guy? This guy feels like he should have been working for Roger Corman. I feel like it's someone oh! worked for Classic Oh, oh my god, wow. <laughs> Burn. And he was basically like in the same category except maybe less established. Like he did The Gate a few, like a year before this and this movie called The Wraith. And neither of those movies have much of a, much of a good score either. So and he was kind of a nobody. And I even I, I thought this was pretty funny. His last role that he did, or last film uh, credit that he did for composer, was Dracula 3000 in 2004. That was the end of his career. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, no, oh, no wow. not someone who had, who had any credibility at all. And yeah, his he, weakest point of this movie is his score. Well, Caleb just shit on your <laughs> life. Oh my god. He's a listener too. I'm sorry, Michael. I hope you enjoy our the podcast. But yeah, no. Is he really? Are you saying that? He's just saying that. Jesus. Oh, he writes in all the time. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> God damn it, Steve. Just stop taking everything so literally. Oh, and the one other. Point. I'm drunk. You're drunk. <laughs> you're Who right. Cares. The one other point I wanted to mention was, uh, and I'm curious if you've seen this, Sean. Um, you you have to have seen this. Uh, three years before this, um, another movie came out that was inspired by that original blob movie but instead of going the more serious grotesque way it, it went a much more silly vein and that was the stuff <laughs> yes yeah the frozen yogurt alien product to take over the world the stuff very funny movie steve eric have you have you guys seen this movie i never heard of it Ooh. i've i've I'm, i've know i heard the name but i don't know anything about it it's it starts off with uh, there's some homeless guys out in the back of a warehouse somewhere, and there's this white. So it takes place in California. Okay, here go uh, on. So there's this white yogurt-like substance bubbling. California. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Bubbling out of the ground, and this homeless guy like picks it up. You know, picks some of his, puts it in his mouth. That's some good stuff. Well, it turns out the stuff. Just anybody who eats it is obsessed with it. Come and keep it going, Sean. Keep it going. I'm liking this. And 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 like they hate, or not they hate, but they're they're just sort of like they become like a invasion of the body snatchers. Uh, he doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say that, but uh, they're they're just like I do. This, oh, go on. This uh, you pretentious bastard. Go on. Okay. They're they're just like this uh, hive mind. And they will go do anything uh, for anybody who has not tasted the stuff to make them taste it. 
become and become part of them. Uh, yeah, and the, uh, you, yeah, come. yeah. And the big highlight. Oh my god, <laughs> Bukaki, oh. Yeah, that's definitely the Bukaki blob. It's, it's not. That's not about what it. <laughs> Surprisingly high in protein. I guess. <laughs> the highlight of the movie is uh, is Michael Moriarty playing a character called Mo, and every every other scene he's like, "Oh, they call me Mo because." Because every time they give me a bukkake, I want mo. That's what he keeps saying over and over again. Minus the bukkake. I want some mo. Yeah. Mo money, mo money, mo money, mo come. I don't want to say he's a terrible actor, but he... <laughs> no, he's he's got something. something he's, there. he's not going to win any Academy Awards, but he is in every single one of this producer's movies. Is it Lloyd yes. Ka- is it Kaufman? Lloyd Kaufman? No, that's, that's trauma. Lloyd it's Larry... Uh, Larry... Uh, Coleman. Larry Coleman? Oh. Okay. Yeah, Cohen. Larry Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, Cohen. Okay. Yeah, Michael Moriarty gives his. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, this is a drunk yes. section of the podcast, so all bets are off. Michael Moriarty gives his Oscar-worthy performance in uh, "It's Alive 3, <laughs> Island of the Alive," where he gives an, a very impassioned, uh, makes me tear up uh, scene in the courtroom. He's talking about possession of his child. So wait, wait, hold on. No, I, I want to reverse back to. Uh, Steve and Eric, have you guys ever heard of It's Alive? It's Alive. Heard of it? What is, I don't know what it is. It sounds familiar, but... Don't Google it, Eric! Don't Google it. it, Steve. Stop. What do you think that movie's about when I just tell you what it, what the name is? It's Alive. It sounds like something from Creepshow to me, like a creature or something. Okay. Steve? So, sounds like an Epstein thing. But... Oh my god. Oh, they're not far off, but... Yeah, it's 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 alive. Starts off with a lady giving birth, and oh yes, she I'm gives sorry. birth to a literal monster, and it proceeds to kill everybody in the surgery room. And then uh, I don't know, I don't I don't know how it gets to the point. I've never seen the movie. I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. I don't even know how it got to. It's alive three, but it, but it, but it's basically a killer horrible mutant baby that kills people and that's that's the plot of it's alive and if you don't want to see this movie it's no oh who wouldn't who wouldn't I'll, yeah who wouldn't like i i know it's bad but no, it's gonna be just, is it... it reminds me of like the terrifying scene that terrified me as a kid in the series v i don't know if anyone remembers that episode yes i do but that which what, what? severely terrified me in the eighties. Uh, in V, I don't know if it was in the TV movie pilot or if it was in the actual daily series. Oh, V, yes, yes. When the girl gets pregnant and then she has her twins. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, lizard baby oh at the god. end. Yeah, that was messed up, horrified. And the other one has the tongue. Caleb, you'll be editing this all out, right? Yeah, some of this will go into a bonus episode. Yeah, the non-blob related oh uh, drunken ramblings. I'm not drunk. If any of it's worth the keeping, yeah. Yeah, Eric hasn't been drunk in months. Oh, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. Hey, hey, hey. hey come on. He, he's abstaining. You know, him and the priest. They've, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, the priest likes the booze like that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Eric's got the crystallized version of the blob in his little jar. Oh, but do we have anything else on the, the blob or anything not related to the blob that we want to say either way? I don't know. <laughs> I would like to say, I would like to say, Caleb. 
where was I? I would like to Jesus. say, Caleb, that I enjoy this film. What? I enjoy this film. I thought it was very fun. The, the, the humor to Horio, Horio, uh, no, humor to horror ratio was, I think, well done. I, I enjoyed it very much. I did watch a little bit of the 1958 version. I thought it reminded me of Rebel Without a Cause, the first 30 minutes. Oh, shut you, shut your fucking mouth. Um, oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed this film quite a bit. Um, I would watch it again. I'd recommend it to friends, family, and deceased ones. And priests. <laughs> and priests. Now, how about you, uh, 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 Eric? I just want to say one one big thing that really upped the ante on this one compared to the old one that somehow didn't mention was that the blob in the in 88 version takes on this acidic quality and I just feel like that just Ooh. like put this thing over the top as far as like I'm trying to imagine if I had to like like if I lived in the movie and I had to like escape this thing or deal with this thing uh-huh. the fact that it has these acidic qualities just puts it way over the top than just being this ominous blob like that is just a crazy additional superpower that it has. Okay. See the, th- the 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 project is the assignment is is to rate the movie on its own merits, not compare it to the nineteen. 19- no, I know. I just wanted to bring that up. That wasn't even my comparison. That was, I just want because it, it surprised me that we never brought that up, and that was like a key feature of this version. Okay. Here we go. But um, but overall, I it, seeing this because I overall enjoyed it. I I always wonder how many other blobs are there out there. Meaning, I don't know how I've never seen this movie and how it's just never come up. And it always makes me wonder what other movies are out there. Except that never works, though, because when I do seek out those other things I haven't seen, it the batting ratio is not usually that great where it turns out like, oh, this is pretty good. It just it, This is a weird movie um, that like I don't even know why... It, it did poorly. Like maybe it came out at a wrong time against other, you know, more notable yep. films. I don't know what the backstory is. I'm surprised this movie didn't make money. Um, I'm mm-hmm. surprised they say it's a cult classic now, but I'm surprised it's not more of a cult classic. Yeah. It came out, uh, two weeks before die hard. And it was, uh, that they said that that took, they thought that it was competing with that. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's yeah. the same audience, but it would have dropped after that. Yeah. I, you know, movies around this time, uh, uh, around the 80s, but movies around this time, they didn't make horror movies around this time. They didn't make any money. It was like it was yeah. trash. And I don't think it was until the 2000s that horror Scream. movies started making or Scream. Oh, wait, there was that little run in the late 90s. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. That like revived the whole genre. Yeah, it was it was dead at this point. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go for that. You're right. You're right. Um where horror movies were making good money. And this this was not released in the right time. And I'm afraid that if it was released in the time that horror movies were getting a rise would it, it, that blob would be as i said before cgi and it would look like shit so yeah i don't know that's all i got four to five. <laughs> oh, are you ranking ranking rating it now out of five i give it three i give it i give it three out of five i give it four out of five yeah 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 no i definitely even though i don't go back to this super often i still 
one that I enjoy going, uh, enjoy revisiting, I should say. And I wish that there was more of these kind of great um, practical effects gore films like this. I don't feel like there is that many of, of these like The Thing. Agreed. Or like uh, Society. Um, I, I wish there was more of them that were like this over the top and extreme in their violence. I, I think that's really cool looking and, and creative. Yeah, Society is a great example. Uh, I think maybe... I love that film. Yeah. I love that film. And... Uh... Uh, maybe from the 70s, uh, there's some creature feature films, not just Jaws, but also Alligator. Um, there's a movie named Grizzly. They don't, you know. Um, uh... Eric, have you heard of Society? No, never. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you have to see it. Yeah, this is one that Steve and I did on Shit We Watch on Netflix, and it's... Uh, yeah, maybe I'll show it. Maybe I'll pull All it out right. for you and Isaac, because you and Isaac haven't seen it. Oh, yes. It's great. I'll put it there on my shelf next to Lawrence of Arabia as another great film I've never seen. <laughs> no, this is better than Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> However, The Fly, that's, that's a movie. That, that oh, is yes. That's, that's another one. A super awesome yeah. practical effect movie that everybody saw, at least in my world. And that's another movie that haunted me for a while. Which was what? I'm sorry. The, the Fly, the '80s version, obviously. Oh yes, with yes. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, another one of the great '80s remakes. That was amazing. That's a great horror. I movie. remember we were in elementary school, and everybody was talking about the penis in the jar. Um, <laughs> like that's just crazy. Like to be in elementary school and like everyone's talking about it. Like you gotta go back to that scene. You gotta go back. To that, that is weird. Yeah, Sean's got a penis in the jar too. But oh no, let's let's. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so put Cronenberg on the map. The, uh, the great Canadian director, David Cronenberg, he's one of the ones that we will hold up. That's a great film, by the we way. We have Cronenberg Day, if you guys didn't know. He's a regular in the new Star Trek now. Yeah, I heard that. That's weird. That's that's strange. What? Yeah, he's a recurring character in one of the Paramount Star Trek series. Yeah, in his older years, David Cronenberg was like, how you know that whole, when I did a little cameo in Jason X, it gave me, uh, inspired me to want to be an actor. So 10 years later, he started acting. That's great. I want to be an actor, too. I'm just kidding about that. I, I don't think it was because of Jason X. But he, he plays he plays a very... Like, he feels like a character out of a... Um, what's his name? Um, Twin Peaks guy. Uh, David, David Lynch? No. David Lynch. The character he plays in Star Trek feels like he came out of a David Lynch um, production. That's beautiful. Perfect for Star Wars. Uh, and right? it, it, and that's not unusual. In fact, there uh, there was a movie uh, from the '90s called with Nicole Kidman called um, "To Die For." Oh, I remember that. Um, which was based on a true story where she has an affair with uh, Tom Cruise. Co- no, hush, <laughs> fuck Tom Cruise. No, that's eyes wide shut. Where she has an affair with one of her students, and they convince, she convinces them to kill her husband. Based on a true story, he's the guy that comes out of the limousine. And kills her at the end. We don't see him kill her. David Cronenberg? Oh, Tom Cruise. Cronenberg? Cronenberg. I'm I'm lost. Oh, wait, it was him? No, we have these people interrupting. I just can't with this. David Hasselhoff? I just can't. I I blanked out for a few seconds there, so I lost the the start of this conversation. I thought we were talking about Cronenberg. (laughs) No. No, it's okay. I'm I'm done. I I really can't with this with this art and these kind of buffoons 
surrounding us. Oh my god, oh my god. Hold on. Tom Jones? I need another drink. No, not Tom. Oh my, I should just shut up. He just says things, Caleb, that just, like, just, like, Tom Jones, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And it's... You know who Tom Jones is? Wow. I know who Tom Jones... Yeah, I can't help but respond to him. And it's like lemon juice in a paper cut. Let me guess. The killer, it was Griff Taylor. You bring up... <laughs> What's a paper cut? But you bring up um, To Die For made me think of something in this movie, The Blob. Um, because I did not know that uh, Matt Dillon's brother... Um, oh, yeah. We never talked about that. I didn't know they were brothers until I was doing my quote-unquote research for this movie. Because... He in the Blob. What's his name? The actor, um, Kevin Dillon. Um, Kevin Dillon. My whole entire life, I always thought of him as the low rent version of Matt Dillon, but I never realized that they were siblings until today. I had no idea. Now that you, now that you see that, I can totally see it. Oh my god! No, he looks exactly like Matt Dillon. Very similar. And he his, does. His last I, name is Dillon. Nobody. I, I, I never realized they were siblings. Well, thank you, Sean. I did not know that. Yeah, did any of you guys watch Entourage back in the day? And that show was popular. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Is that a Canadian thing? Uh, HBO show. <laughs> yeah, I remember him from Backbeat, the, the Beatles uh, movie. Because um, yeah, both of them, they had like some. Yeah, that's the only other thing I'd ever seen him in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he was in uh, Platoon, wasn't he? Kevin Dillon? Oh, wow, I don't remember. Who? Kevin Dillon or Matt Dillon? Kevin. Was Kevin. He? Oh, wow. Maybe. Uh, we talked about that movie, Eric. I never I, go back to he that. He probably died early on. I, I, I don't know. But I think... I, I'd put money on it. You're right. But yes, I always got them confused with each other, not knowing they were siblings. That's all. Oh, but thank you, thank you guys for talking about uh, the blog 1988 <laughs> with me. I had a lot of, a lot of fun, and and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do some more random horror movies in the future, or or whatever else. And and peace. Eric's been unnaturally silent. I'm worried. Yeah, that is a little strange. Yeah, he's yeah. Kept, what? Uh, what? He's been hiding over there about something. Nothing.
You guys know more about Alex Jones than I do. Do you have an InfoWars uh, membership that we don't... Are you taking the Vitality <laughs> pills? Or yeah, he's like over there, oh, fuck, they're talking about my friend it's Alex Jones. <laughs> I do remember in, like, like 2008, there was a minor time where I was like, hey, this Alex Jones, he sounds like he's on the right side because he was out there sounding the alarm about police um, going into protests and starting starting violence. They would, like, go in and dressed up as protesters and smash up windows and stuff. And he was out there saying it before anyone else was. And it turned out that was very true, so... Hmm. So I liked him for like 10 minutes, and then I found out about his, uh... thinking that Obama was possessed by demons, and I was like, okay, shut that what? off. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he'd say, uh... He said what? <laughs> he said that Hillary Clinton, yeah. she had the smell of sulfur. Because, oh, yeah, uh, she demons, yeah, smell like, smell like poops, yeah. Mm-hmm. And flies for the... Would surround Obama. Fucking head thing, and... Steve. Look it up. Alex Jones. Look it up on YouTube. Looney yeah, Ben Jim. Alex Jones. <sighs> and then I don't know. All right, the blob. The blob. Talk about government conspiracy theories. Yeah, Alex. Right. Jones, yeah. Hey, theory. this will fit. Speaking of government conspiracy theories, okay, the blob. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to ask a question because I'm a I'm drunk and uh, I heard about this and I have to ask Eric about it because he has opinions. <laughs> um, but Eric, I don't want you to go off on it. Eric has opinions. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that new Game of Thrones series. Oh, gee, uh, don't some, bring that up. <laughs> somebody complained that there was an Uh-oh. episode where it yes. was too dark. Yes. Okay, hold on, hold on. Not done yet. Not done yet. <laughs> Somebody complained that there was a battle scene where it was too dark. And I specifically remember um, in Game of Thrones that was the same thing. There was a battle scene that was too dark. And in The Walking Dead, there was a battle scene where it was too dark. And you were like, well, people just have to adjust their TV screens. They don't know how to watch movies. People have to adjust their TV screens. Well, um, uh, uh, it turns out the same person who who did the uh, Game of Thrones uh, spinoff uh, episode that was dark was the same guy that did the uh, Game of Thrones dark scene. Do you have anything that you want? I'm sorry, this is not germane. I don't care. It's all good. But uh, all good. yeah, uh, Eric, what do you do? You have anything to add to that? Just that it was interesting, and I have to admit. Well, first of all, everyone has their TV uh, definitely adjusted wrong anyway. But ironically, most people have their TVs too bright as it oh, is. God, but that's. That episode was incredible, and yeah, it's true. I it's incredibly dark. It, I, it, it's I don't know what to say. It's, it was it's an odd choice, um, because even I, with my perfect settings, could barely see it. It's still oh your your perfect settings. Yes, I calibrate my stuff at least once a month, um, and oh really? Oh yeah. you do? Okay. <laughs> yes. I, actually, probably more frequently than that, um, but you brought it up, Sean. Yeah, it, it's 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 an odd choice. It's an odd how, choice. How does it change once a month that you have to calibrate it? Oh, I can't believe you're asking for details. What is it like? It's not that it changes like that. It's that right, you're right, Caleb. I probably shouldn't. You know, have when done. you're when you're when you're using <laughs> when you're playing or using different <laughs> things, um, it, it's not sometimes uh-huh. you get this because. You can have it right for this player, but then when you're watching from another source, it may not be right for that player. Oh, okay. But how do you play the episode if it's uh, if it's on streaming? 
Think it'd look better on disc, or uh, I think they would uh, flush it out in that way. Oh, disc is always better. Disc disc is always better when it comes to that. Um, Thank you, sir. Exactly. Well, there's, yes. no, there's no question about that. Um, but no, but it's just because also some things are in HDR, some things aren't, and HDR requires more calibration on a regular basis. Um, okay. Okay. So. All right. Oh, that was surprisingly succinct, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Watch that Game of Thrones. It's a, it's fucking fantabulous. It's better. It's better than the last two seasons. The other one. 